0: All right. Welcome back to Everyday Elevations, the podcast where we transform ordinary moments into extraordinary outcomes. Today, I'm very excited because we have a special guest who's going to be talking to us about a topic that I have been deep diving in. I know some of the listeners have reached out to me specifically asking for guidance on this. And we're going to be talking about the science of sleep. So my guest today is Ali Mona, and I'm so grateful for For those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and maybe even something unique about your work.
1: Ooh, that's a great question. Well, I'm not a sleep scientist, first and foremost, but I am a former insomniac myself. Six years, I suffered with insomnia, and it was at that time, um, I was 28, I had had my second daughter, and we were living in China at the time. My husband and I lived in China for 16 years, And we're now sitting in the middle of Mexico. So there's a whole other journey podcast um, that we could do if you want to talk about any of those pieces. But at 28, I started my first business. And I, like many early entrepreneurs do, I ran myself into the ground. And so 31, had my third daughter. Insomnia started at around 29. Um, And at that time, I was working up until midnight, one o'clock, getting up at five, rinse and repeat, lots of kids, lots of responsibilities. And I didn't have anyone around me going, hey, knock, knock, knock it off. You know, like you're going to hurt your body. I just, China, the buzz and the excitement and the entrepreneurship and everything moves so fast. I was just kind of taken along for a ride. And so everything hit the fan proverbially. Um let's see we adopted our fourth daughter when I was 31 as well and at 33 so the adoption process was incredibly harrowing and she was born um with half of a heart and so she had very continues to have very special needs that we did not
2: it, it, it was a long learning
1: curve right and uh lost lots of sleep over over her um and then at 33 I couldn't get out of bed, and I just had a complete crash. Was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and that was my wake up call to get rid of the wiring in my head that was like, "You just don't sleep, right?" How many of us are like, "My mom didn't sleep, my dad didn't sleep, we just don't sleep." I don't sleep, and that's a that's a story that we tell ourselves. And so I was really challenged when I had this ridiculous fall. Um, that I was going to retrain myself how to sleep. And so through that journey, um, I became a certified aromatherapist and a wellness coach. And yes, I do deal with a lot with sleep with my coaching clients. um, But sleep is a symptom. Sleep is the thing that is the very tip of the iceberg. It's not those bottom layers of the iceberg. All those bottom layers of how well we eat, how well we manage our stress, how much movement we're doing, all those lifestyle pieces, that's what we focus on. Because when you focus on the bottom of the iceberg, the top of the iceberg fixes itself, it really can. And so I'm super excited to be here to talk about the importance of sleep, the impact of sleep, and then walk everyone through my routine of how I retrained myself to sleep. And now, it's crazy, Jason, I get up before my alarm, well-rested, And joyful. And I I honestly in that season when sleep was so elusive, I didn't think it was possible, but it really is.
0: Well, it's interesting. So you talked about being in China and working so hard. I think America as a society, our culture is backwards. We're people pride themselves on all this excess work. Oh yeah. I was guilty of it. When I was working in sales and marketing, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've been working 90-hour weeks thinking it was a cool thing. Like, oh, I get three hours of sleep, come to work. And yeah, exactly. Patting on my back like, oh, I'm a cool kid now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and
1: It's a badge of honor.
0: Correct. It is such a false badge of honor. I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was for, like you mentioned psyche. I didn't realize how bad it was for my psyche. I went into a state of absolute depression during this. And I was very successful. And I was just struggling so much because I was like, oh, if I just work harder, everything's going to pan itself out. That's right. Um, and it doesn't. And it's so interesting. I'm so glad to have you on here because you have so, you have a wealth of knowledge. And I know we're going to have you on for other topics as well here. But the sleep one's one of my most interesting topics. Yeah. I just started really delving into it in the past few months. I had one of my friends reach out and ask, hey, could you have anyone who might be able to hop on? I was like, yeah, let me go. Pop some questions in some Facebook groups and see who I have. We um, shot some other experts too, but i was so glad you uh, you actually reached out. I was like, "Yes, okay, got someone who has knowledge on." it. And of course, we chatted. I'm curious though. Have you ever? Do you ever use the Whoop? No. What is that? So there's this watch that checks like all oh, your. And I might not be phrasing this correctly, so apologize. Whoop. Also, yes. You know, <laughs> please sponsor me if you see this. Um, <laughs> but give me the correct information.
2: Open, open
0: for yep, Shameless,
2: yep. Jason, shameless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Insert shameless plug right here. Um, it, <laughs> checks like your, it, it checks your biometrics. So for me, it's been really fascinating. Okay. I feel like I'm getting good sleep, but it's, it's telling me, and I'm in the early stages too, I should clarify that. I'm in the first week and a half, and it's a, it really takes about 30 days to calibrate. But it's telling me, hey, you're getting this percentage of REM sleep you are not hitting a deep enough sleep and you're actually in a sleep deficit. I was like, but I feel so good. And then all of a sudden, later on in the day, I don't. Well, we need to talk
1: about that because I did invest in an Apple Watch. You know, they track your sleep and it's not, it's, it's, you know, what an Apple Watch does. And I used it for about three months and exactly that happened. I would wake up, the first thing I would do is check this piece of electronics so that it could tell me how I should feel. So then I started to go, but wait a second, I feel good. Like, But I feel good, but my watch is telling me that I didn't sleep well, so I guess I should feel bad all day. And then I'd wake up not feeling great, but my watch would tell me that I slept well, and I'd be like, well, but I don't feel good. So for me, it was counterproductive. You gotta find what works for you, okay, in terms of tools. Um, Because it doesn't work for everyone, because if you're the type of person that's going to rely on the thing to tell you how you should feel, it can be very detrimental. But if you want the metrics of it, sweet, take the metrics. Right. Um, But interestingly, can we talk a little bit about the impact of sleep, Jason, because I think you hit it on the head. We wear this badge of honor of busyness and Somehow, overwork and performance equates to identity, and that we're killing it, right? That's exactly where I was when I was launching my first business. I felt like I had a lot to prove, and I was young, and everyone was doing it. But I I love going through this exercise with people. Let's say that you're at the doctor's office and you're not feeling good. Yeah, and a doctor says, "Okay, I've got a drug for you, and I want you to give it a try." But let's walk through the possible negative side effects. Actually not the possible negative side effects. All of these things are going to happen if you take this drug, but I need to read these through, right? Are you following me? You'll be my patient. I'll be the doctor. Okay, (laughs) you're going to take this drug, Jason, and it's going to affect how well you think, react, learn, and behave with others. How well you get along with everyone. It's going to affect your mood horrifically. It also is going to increase your risk of coronary heart disease, high blood pressure, obesity, and stroke. Would you stop me there as, as your doctor? You'd be like, ah, uh, is there something else?
0: <laughs> I love that, you, okay. that you'd that use as an example, by the way, because I always read the, like, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just, like, you have these commercials, and they have all this stuff, I'm like, ugh. Like, yeah. Oh, go ahead, please.
1: <laughs> okay, so, so all of this list, guys, is the impact of poor sleep. Okay, one night of poor sleep starts this cascade. Imagine me six years of not sleeping. Let's go on all right if you take this drug it will cause hormonal disruption especially if these kids take it right because those growth spurts happen at night when your hormones when you're in a deep sleep and your hormones are kind of pulsing out these sleep these growth hormones okay you're also gonna have higher level of hormones that causes you to eat more right you're gonna want fatty foods, sweet foods, salty foods, which is going to decrease your ability to respond to insulin. So you're going to, over time, probably develop insulin resistance leading to diabetes. You're not going to want to work out. So you're going to have decreased physical activity. This is ridiculous, right? Look at this list. And you're going to get sick more often because you're going to lower your immune defenses. You're going to have problems focusing throughout the day, right? You are not going to have the formation of long-term memories as well as you could. Oh, and All of this is going to long-term impair your cognitive abilities, your behavior, and your judgment. Would you take the drug?
2: Oh, absolutely not. You wouldn't. And so sleep is one of those things where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times? Right? I know, I know. I know no screen time. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the impact of poor sleep. And it matters. Okay. And if you're like where I was, where you're telling yourself the story of, well, I just don't sleep, then I want you to listen because you can retrain it. And the impact on your health negatively, the negative impact on your health, if you don't get a grip on your sleep, is substantial. It's enough to pay attention to.
0: No, I I I agree. I love this. I love where we're going with this too, by the way. Um I'm kind of, i am probably jumping the gun on this. I didn't know if you're going to talk about sleep cycle and REM itself. Um, No, you're not a sleep scientist. I don't know how much in-depth knowledge you have on that. Just kind of.
1: I know it, but I don't, I don't see the value of it. So for example, when I was struggling, I didn't care about the sleep cycle. I just wanted to sleep. I didn't care what I would get of how much I just want to feel a little bit better sleep cycle like maximizing your sleep cycle happens and can happen once you've mastered the basics
2: okay
1: right so we can talk like let's talk about like what what's actually happening while you're asleep and this happens across all multiple cycles but when you're asleep your brain's actually working okay so your body's asleep your liver sleeps your brain does not sleep it actually works and each phase of the sleep cycle It restores and rejuvenates the brain for optimal function, okay? So have you ever heard someone say, like, you're super upset at one evening, something happens, you're triggered, and someone's like, you know what, just sleep on it. Why is that important? It's because while you're sleeping, there are hormones that are being released from your gut and your brain that literally, the way that I explain it to clients, it's like, it it, it rounds the soft edges off of a hard day right? So it just kind of dulls the sting of the emotions that happen throughout the day, the negative emotions that happen throughout the day, so that when you wake up in the morning, you do actually feel a little bit better. This is why if you think about, you think about something that hard that is happening today, over one year from today, the memory, it won't be as sharp or as painful. That's why time, we say time heals. It's not actually just time. It's when you're in that restful sleep, you're having those rough edges smoothed away. And that this helps support the your brain to learn, to remember, and actually to stay creative. A tired brain cannot think outside the box, right? And we know this. Like, I forget the number. If it was like three days of no sleep, you start acting like someone who's drunk and, and impaired alcoholically, like... It really, it really does. And here's the other reason why sleep is so important. The brain actually has a drainage system and it removes toxins that have accumulated throughout the day while you sleep. So, your brain, get this, while you sleep actually turns into an organ like a kidney while you're sleeping, right? Our kidneys are detoxification organs, right? We've got a bunch of them. Our lungs are, our kidneys are, our livers are. Um, and our brain switches function to drain and reduce our toxic load throughout the day. Okay, now this is interesting. One study done on mice, so take it, take it for what you want. We're not mice. But the drainage system in our brain, it actually removes some of the proteins links with, linked with Alzheimer's disease. Okay, so Alzheimer's has been linked to a chronic lack of sleep. Why? Because if you think about your brain not having the ability or the time or the space to drain... All of these toxins that our bodies are just just accumulating because of the way that we're living, right? We have air toxins, we have water toxins, we have food toxins, and they all up into the brain at some point, right? Our bodies are not not um, partitioned off. You do something to one organ, everything is impacted. Like my daughter, who was born with HLHS, which is half of a functioning heart. She also has to go and do liver clinics on her liver because heart, liver, lungs—they're all interconnected. Yeah. So mice, these toxins were removed twice as fast from the brain during sleep. Okay. So when you're sleeping, the brain is actually resetting itself, removing the toxic waste and the byproducts, which definitely have accumulated throughout your day. And while you're sleeping, your brain repairs the body systems. Okay. So, well, I shouldn't say your brain repairs it. Your body repairs their own body systems. And this is everything, Jason, this is everything from blood vessels to the immune system. Okay. It uses the sleep as a time for repair. Interestingly. Okay. If you're waking up around three o'clock in the morning, have you ever woken up around three o'clock in the morning chronically?
2: Oh yeah.
0: Usually about 2am.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. Two to three, your liver is waking up. So your liver is waking up and it's starting. This is not about the brain, but it's interesting. And when you look at sleep, you have to understand how the body works as a, as a unit. Around two to three, your liver actually begins to wake up and process the toxins. Well, that process at a cellular level pings you. And so if you're waking up between two and three, then we can work on some liver support, right? Because we know that your liver is overburdened oh. in that way. Isn't how it's all interconnected.
0: That's fascinating. See, I didn't even realize that that makes sense. And of course, I'm not always waking up at three, but it happens more than I'd like yeah. to happen. Oh, of course. Interesting.
1: Well, and if if you, if someone's had a drink before bed, they're more likely to wake up at three because the liver has to process that alcohol, Mm. right? So anything that we know, like there are some things, medications, some of the medications we take are processed through the liver. And so sometimes we can have insomnia because of the medications that we take waking us up when the liver is starting to process from the detox, right? It's super interesting.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's okay. I got to do a lot more research. I thought I was already, I thought I had all kinds of info. I'm like, oh, wait, this is all new information.
1: Um, this, is, <laughs> right. this is why I say, like, understanding the REM cycles in that, yeah, like it's important. But if you just understand the importance of it as a whole and you begin to put in some of the strategies, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did for three months to get my sleep back. And it's excessive. <laughs> But I was desperate and dying. So, you know, you could take from it what, what works for you.
0: Yeah. Before you j- jump into that, because you mentioned the very beginning, let's talk about the tip of the iceberg, sleeping being the tip of the iceberg. Uh-huh. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on the, how lifestyle choices such as like diet and exercise really impact that sleep. I have my own personal take that I'll say afterwards, but I want to hear yours.
1: Okay. So we have a, the next six hours to chat,
0: right? <laughs> sure. I, I am free to <laughs>
1: Okay. Fantastic. My kids are in the
2: gym downstairs with daddy. So everything's quiet and everyone's happy. Um, all right. It's everything. How you live your life
1: is everything when it comes not only to sleep hygiene, but also your risk for disease, your risk for the, the things that now are becoming so commonplace, the diabetes, the heart disease, the stroke, your lifestyle means Everything. So let's walk through it. Diet. Um, I'm not a proponent of vegetarian, vegan, high protein, low protein. I'm not a. There's to me, there's not a one size fits all. I have done everything, literally every diet, quote unquote, um, every way of eating possible, and I have found what works for my body. So what works? What works for my body is super low gluten, super low dairy. I keep weight off that way. I sleep like a baby now that way. But I know vegetarians who also have followed, you know, what we teach and have done great. So you've got to do the hard work to do the testing, right? There's so many things that will not cost you any money in order to get your sleep back, right? Like don't think you've got to go to a sleep clinic and buy this expensive program
2: or a, you know, CPAP machine or any of that. However, it will cost you in other ways. For example, I had to give up coffee. That was painful. That cost me.
1: But I figured out that I'm wildly sensitive to caffeine. I had to give up sugar and chocolate after dinner because I'm wildly sensitive to sugar and chocolate. Is that fun? No, it's not fun. It doesn't cost me anything. In fact, it saves me quite a bit of money, um, but it does cost. You know, there's a cost to living your life radically different than everyone else so that you can feel radically different all throughout your day, yeah? So diet, you got to find out what works for you. Clean, whole foods. I always just say to my clients, like, if you are reading a label, You're probably not eating a whole food, right? Because food are ingredients in those labels, right? So ketchup has tomatoes in it. Boil down some tomatoes and stop eating ketchup that's got all this hidden sugar and and colors and flavorings in it, right? We're not against ketchup. There's ketchup in my fridge, right? I don't do it because I know what's in it. Right? And I, I don't want that toxic overload in my body. Um, you know, choose your fast food wisely. If you've got to do it, do it. But know that it is negatively impacting your bodies, right? We're always making decisions, and a decision is never neutral. So it's either moving you towards a healthier lifestyle or it's moving you away from it. There is no neutral decision, right? Drinking that glass of water is moving you towards better health. Going to bed at two in the morning is moving you away from health, And so that helped me too to be like, oh, I have a lot of power over the choices. Nobody force feeds me anything. Nobody keeps me out late at the bar with my friends, right? Like nobody, I'm a free human who gets to make these choices. And it it cost a lot though. You know, when I was going to bed at eight o'clock for six months, I wasn't going out with my friends. I had to find other ways to, to build in that community time, right? Um, so anyway, we could talk about the, the schedule and, and that in a little bit. But okay, supplementation, smart supplementation. None of our diets are enough to to give the brain and the body what it needs at a macro or micronutrient level, primarily micro, to keep everything running smoothly. The purpose of vitamins, if you get the right quality, if you get a vitamin that's actually bioavailable that actually dissolves in your body, a lot of vitamins, Jason, it's so sad, they go in and they're pooped out. They don't dissolve. They're, they're, they're not bioavailable. Smart supplementation is super important and here's what you want to look for. You want to do a vitamin and mineral because the way that our food is farmed, they just don't have enough vitamins and minerals in the soil to translate into enough vitamins and minerals in the food itself, okay? I forget what it was, like a, a head of broccoli 50 years ago has the same nutrients as like 50 heads of broccoli. Don't quote me, but it's something ridiculous, right? There's, there's not enough of the vitamins and minerals in our, in our food anymore. So you want that, okay? That just aids communication in the body. The other thing you want is an omega mix. Three sixes and nines, that is like a salve for the brain. Okay. Again, getting things to fire well, getting rid of some of that brain fog, getting rid of some of that, um, like that confusion that we feel cognitively. And then you want a polyphenol mix. So a polyphenol mix is, mm, you can think about it like this. You can think about it like a big fire hose, taking, taking a fire hose to all of the inflammation in our bodies. Now, our bodies naturally have inflammation. Some of us are more inflamed than others, depending on a lot of these lifestyle things, right? You eat junky food, your body gets inflamed. You go for an exercise, your body gets momentarily inflamed, but then it actually combats some of that inflammation. All disease is linked to inflammation in the body. Polyphenol mix, hands down, every human on this earth could benefit from. So smart supplementation, as clean of a diet as you can muster. And there's a lot of help on the internet for that, right? There's tons of cookbooks. There's tons of ways. Yes, there's a learning curve. Yes, every time I, it's hilarious. Every time my husband would be like, what are we doing this month? (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to feel better, leave me alone. (laughs) You know, oh, we're vegan this month. Okie dokie. It takes every time you shift something and you get out of your routine. Yes, it does take, there's learning, right? And get your family on board. My kids know that when mommy feels good, everyone is better. Everything runs better when I'm sleeping well and I'm taking really good care of myself. Okay. So that's like the foundation of the fuel. I want you to think about yourself as a Ferrari. You wouldn't put junk gas in a Ferrari. I have an old Honda Odyssey. And it happens to be a six cylinder and I have to put the expensive gas in it. Makes me mad every time. Literally it's a 2008 car. Okay. Like she's so old, but she really, she's the best, but we fuel her properly, right? We are Ferraris or we are jalopies. And all of that is what we put into our body. Okay. You're a Ferrari, my friend, eat really well. Okay. Um, Food, let's talk about nutri um exercise. You just gotta move. You know, like you don't need CrossFit. In fact, if you have an autoimmune, which it feels like one in three people do these days, doing hardcore, hardcore CrossFit, whatever exercise can actually be detrimental. It can make you feel worse um, as autoimmune sufferers because the reaction of the body is um it's like your body sees. Hard to explain, but basically it can dip your immune system and then we have antibodies, right? And so it attacks and then you feel like absolute crap afterwards. So I don't do anything hardcore anymore. I walk. I walk for an hour every morning with my husband or with a neighbor or with a friend. So I get some like good community time in and I just walk, right? And walking when I'm 85 years old, 90 years old, I still want to be walking for an hour a day. So whatever you do, do something where you can see longevity in it. Not what can I do for the next month to lose a bunch of weight and get fit? Eh, Think longer than that, right? What could you be doing in six months, one year, 12, 12, um, 12 years even that can make you feel really good and just keep your body moving. It's also really important for your sleep. If you have all this extra energy that you're not burning throughout the day, you're gonna lay your head on the pillow at night and your body's not going to be able to rest. Okay, so get your exercise in as early in the day as you can. Because if you do it at night, right before you bed, right before you go to bed, then you can actually spike your adrenaline and cortisol levels. And it could, it could interrupt the sleep cycle even more. So just a bit of movement every day.
0: Love it. I'm glad you mentioned the the earlier in the day part, because um, I've actually been corporate that for the past few months. That's basically when I started my health and wellness journey here. So I like to get out. Mm-hmm. I get up at 4 a.m. and exercise, which I'm not advocating everyone get up at 4 a.m. to exercise, do what works best for you, make sure you're taking care of yourself. I just know that I like to get things done first thing, and I like to be outside when the sun is rising. Yes. And so I can walk around a little bit. Like I love my little, my little area because like they have these movie-esque lights that light up the street. I'll, I'll have to send you a picture um, when I get it at, at night. I'll take another picture. I'll send it your way so you see what I'm talking about. But it just it's, I'd love it's it. something like out of a movie or like a postcard. You just look at it like, oh, it's so beautiful. So it just starts my day off great. It's like my own personal meditation. Um, but yeah, that, that part's amazing to me. We might have talked about this offline, but have you um, ever read up on Blue Zones or anything like that? Yes. Okay. The reason I'm bringing that up is because you mentioned all these little things that I've been relating a lot of stuff to Blue Zones. On the side note, it's going to be a slight tangent, but it. also kind of interrelates because they're so good about doing everything you mention, as if though is just like they don't think twice about it. It's not something they have to add into their system. It's part of their lifestyle structure. Like they get up, they Sardinia, Italy. They are walking up mountains to get to wherever they go. They their exercise isn't CrossFit. Um, I know some people love CrossFit. I'm not a big CrossFit guy myself. I just like to do simple exercises, things like that. Um, but their exercise all involve, um, uh, like gardening, things like that, Any, anything along those lines. Yeah. And it's just
2: activity. Mm-hmm,
0: everything they do, and active, their, and their food style choice. That's actually, I'm not a diet guy. Uh, um. But I moved towards a lot of their their meal planning because it made sense to me. and I've been doing it for about a month now. I've noticed a huge mm-hmm. energy change, like brain fog's clear. I only drink one to two cups of coffee versus the five to seven I used to have. So I had to bring up coffee, I know, still.
2: You <laughs> know? You're going to kill me. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. Just Google it.
0: <laughs> but I'm, try, I'm trying to completely reduce it. Um, like yeah. get coffee out of my life as well. Um, like you, I don't eat sugars late at night or try not to anyways. Uh, but yeah, just some of the a complete tangent there. Sorry. Just one of those things that kind of relates to I this love conversation.
2: It. I love it. And that's it. I think
1: you're right. All of this, we can get back to this becoming a lifestyle. Where it's not hard. Blue zones, it's just how they live their life. And us in the West, we're like, what's their secret? And it's like, they're just living a good life. Right? They're just we have to, we're coming back into that balance because we're watching these blue zones, these people live to, you know, a hundred plus. And it's like, yeah, there's no mystery in this. What's hard is doing it. Knowledge is not power without implementation. Right, and so it takes. Usually, it takes someone getting sick like I did. So I am not casting the blame here. I'm just trying to say, do it before you get really sick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do it before you end up with an autoimmune. Do it before your relationships are ruined. Do it, but do it before it becomes absolutely necessary As, to do
0: Absolutely, it. be pro- proactive, not reactive.
1: Exactly. Uh, exactly. Let me talk about caffeine for a second. Sure. This is why people don't understand caffeine, uh, the caffeine in coffee has a half-life, okay? So what that means is the, the, the average half-life of a cup of coffee is five hours. What that means is if you have a cup of coffee at three in the afternoon because your energy is slumping,
2: right, then at five hours later, 8 p.m., you still have half a cup of coffee in your system. Think about that, Okay
1: five hours later, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one in the morning, that coffee is finally out of your system. Think about that.
0: I had that backwards. Right? Interesting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Now that's median half-life. The range of half-life is one hour, and this depends on your metabolism and your metabolic rate and how clean and fast your metabolism runs. One hour to nine and a half hours. So if you're dealing with metabolic disease, diabetes, heart disease, any of those, you might have a half-life of nine and a half hours, right? Which means nine and a half hours later, you still have a cup of coffee, which means it takes 19 hours to get that cup of coffee out of your system.
0: Fine, I'm getting rid I don't even of know it. what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. what to say to that. You sold me.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I'm sorry.
1: I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry.
1: It's so hard. It's so hard because there's ritual and comfort around caffeine and coffee, especially for people like me who absolutely love their coffee?
0: Yep, I use that. So I'm a big habit former. Um, I, I base a lot of my habits off of teachings from James Clear and I use it as a temptation bundle and a habit stack and the coffee is that trigger. <laughs> so I'll have to find another trigger, but now that I know it takes that long to get out of my system, I don't.
2: Yeah, or let's let's
1: back it up. If you want all the caffeine out of your system by 8 p.m., because you're going to wind down and try to get asleep by 10, which is what we're going to talk about next, 8 p.m., sorry, yeah, 8 p.m., you need to have your last cup of coffee by 10 a.m. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But think about people who are drinking caffeine all day long. And this is that chocolate. It depends on how sensitive you are. My husband can drink a cup of coffee at 8 o'clock at night and be asleep at 8.01. He's not sensitive to it. But if you're sensitive and you don't know you're sensitive unless you test it, yeah? So they're all stimulants. It's Coke, it's any caffeine, it's the chocolates. why I can't have chocolate dessert, right? Um, or any sugar. Sugar messes me up because it you know, deals, it, the circadian rhythm, it's out. Oh, I wanted to mention about the circadian rhythm. You going outside. So the first thing in the morning, if you wake up and you walk outside, no glasses, no sunscreen, and you get your eyes into the sun, you will trigger the absolute best thing you possibly could for your circadian rhythm, okay? So that tells your body, it's up, sun's up, we're awake. Now, if you think about those green zones, they're not staying awake on Netflix until 10, 11 midnight at night. They're going to sleep when the sun sets, right? Their circadian rhythms are Perfect. They are allowing their bodies to rise and rest exactly when the body wants to. We've really seriously messed that up in every place that's not a blue zone. Yeah. Okay. So, should we get into some of the things, some of the tips for sleeping better? Yes, please. Okay. So, I'm going to share what I did, which was absolutely utterly extreme because I was desperate. Okay. So, if you're desperate, Here's your desperation list. Um, if you're not desperate, even if you just pick a couple of these things, you will see results, okay? So the first thing is keeping a strict schedule. Rising with the sun, setting with the sun, sleeping with the sun, especially in the beginning. Now I've got a bit more wiggle room, right? But this is one of those things where I say it doesn't cost you any money, but it does cost you, right? This is a cost. This is a... um It's a sacrifice, but I promise you, once you start sleeping, you will never consider this a sacrifice again. It's only painful in the beginning Um, and you have to get everyone on board. So when I started, we were living in Shenzhen, China at the time, which is in the South of China. And we were in a three bedroom apartment and I commandeered one of my girls' bedrooms. So we had two girls in each of the bedrooms and I commandeered one of their bedrooms because one of my triggers is I'm such a light sleeper. I cannot sleep with anybody. Okay. Okay. So I had to find, in this season, to I had to find a place where I could just be myself and not worry about being woken up as my husband turned over or snored or, you know, take your pick, got up for the bathroom. I would hear everything, okay? So a strict schedule. Um, For me, well, I think I'll get into that in a little bit, but watch your stimulant intake, right? Do the math. If you want to have a cup of coffee in the morning, sweet. Have a cup of coffee in the morning. But don't do it at 5 p.m., 3 p.m., okay? Watch your caffeine in tea, in chocolate, and just test if you're sensitive to it. Your body might react. Your body might not react, but you don't know until you test it, okay? Third, you got to watch your stress levels throughout the day, okay? And this is super important and super hard. So if you're triggered throughout the day, let's say that you're at work and your boss um, does something that makes you mad. What happens in your body is, Cortisol and adrenaline are, re- are released. And this causes what we call the fight, flight, or freeze reflex in the body. Now, this is ancient. This is from this reptilian part of our brain that kept us alive when literally they were saber-toothed tigers chasing humans and trying to eat them. However, while our world has developed, the part of the brain that runs this reaction response has not developed. And so what does that mean? It means you get a bad email at two in the afternoon and you don't manage the emotions around that, then that adrenaline and that cortisol can just take you for an absolute ride. Not only do you lose productivity, but the pulsing of those hormones to your body seriously mess up your ability to rest and relax and sleep. And we know this. We all know that triggered feeling. And if you experience adrenal fatigue like I do, so your adrenals are two little glands on top of your kidneys against your back. And they're the ones that are like cortisol, run, you know, or fight, flee, flee, freeze, right? Well, if you're not managing that, then the ability for you to lay your head on the pillow and sleep, not only is it impaired hormonally in your body, if you're not washing the stress away in your mind, how many times have you laid in bed at night just thinking over it and thinking over it and thinking over it and stewing over it and writing nasty emails in your mind over it, right? So all of that matters. So find ways to, to manage that stress level throughout the day. That's why movement is so good. If you work in a really stressful environment, use your lunch break for a walk. I don't care if you're weird, fine. Like do it for your own, like a lot of what I'm talking about is so self-protective because you are worth feeling amazing and sleep is so critical in you feeling amazing that it's worth being the crazy one, right? It's worth having those essential oils at your desk to help you manage stress throughout the day, right? It's worth doing whatever it takes so that you can lay your head on your pillow at night and actually rest. So work in ways to unwind. My favorite way to do this, if you can, is a 50-10 schedule. So you get to work, you schedule, you get your phone open and you set a 50-minute timer and you work your tail off for 50 minutes. That timer goes off, you set a 10-minute timer and you leave your computer. It doesn't matter what you're doing, which is so painful for someone like me who like lets to get in the groove, right? Get in the groove and then you don't want to stop. Get up, 10 minutes, get a water break, go to the bathroom, close your eyeballs, stretch, right? Do whatever it takes. And if you do that at the top of every hour during a workday, I guarantee you, you're going to come home. You're going to have time for your family. You're going to have mental space for your family. You are not going to be absolutely burned out at the end of the day. And the reality is no one knows you're taking a 10 minute break. Only you know that you're taking that 10 minute break. You don't have to ask permission for that right maybe you just sit and you journal you sit and you just get away from the screen and you just sit and you journal for 10 minutes about how that went what you could whatever whatever works but work in ways to do it when i'm consistent with that jason i have so much left in the tank at the end of the day and when i don't i'm dead and my kids get my kids and my husband they get the leftovers okay all right
2: when the sun goes down this is what i did and it was insane we would all go for a family walk your, your eyes,
1: like the morning where you want the sun in your eyes, you want the nighttime sky and the nighttime darkness in your eyes as well. This works way better if you don't live in a city like Shenzhen where there's lights on everywhere. But if you can find a place that's dark, go for it. Okay. Now, when you get home, you don't turn all your crazy lights on, right? In this season, right before our walk, we would switch all of our lights from white lights to red lights. Red lights do not keep you awake like white and blue lights do. So when we came home, everything was in red light. I told you this is crazy, okay? Like I was desperate. I understand that this isn't the We don't have to do this anymore. But at the beginning, we did. My family was on board because I was an animal. And think about anyone who has ever sleep, tra- sleep trained a child, an infant. You don't just go, oh, look, it's eight o'clock, plop in the bed. You don't. It gets a warm bath. You start to speak softer. You turn the lights off. You put a little bit of music on. You have a whole sleep routine because you know this tiny little human needs that in order to restfully go into sleep. We don't do that for ourselves, right? This is the adult version of that. We get swaddled up, right? I'm going to talk about swaddling in a second, adult version of swaddling. All right. So, you're going to go for a walk. You come home, don't turn the lights on. Don't make it loud. There's no screaming. Like, my kids know their nighttime routine. We bring it all the way down. Okay. Now, my kids are now 13, 11, seven, and seven. And I've got some that are great sleepers and some who need a little, like, I've got one kid. I could do that. And she's like keeled over. And even as a baby, my second kid came along and she was like, same time, same position in her crib every time. That's the only way she would sleep. Well, guess what? She's still like that. She's 11. Okay. It's like somewhere in our, in our DNA. Okay. Let's talk about screens. Everyone hates talking about screens when it comes to sleep. Um, you can get blue light blocking glasses that are prescription or not prescription. That will help if you have to be on your phone or on a screen or on a TV right up until bed. But do you have to? Okay. Two to three hours before bed. I can get away now with about an hour before bed. Okay. But in the beginning it was like, Oh, look, I'm going to bed at eight o'clock because I knew I needed to be in bed at eight o'clock in order to fall asleep by nine or 10. The time got shorter and shorter and shorter. So guess what? Six o'clock dinner time. no more electronics, okay? It's great for every family, every couple. Just keep the electronics out of it at night, play some games, sit at the table, drink a cup of decaf tea, you know, whatever. But screen time two to three hours before bed to start. Um, And then if you can, keep your phone out of the room so that you don't even have the temptation, right? Get an old school alarm clock if you need an alarm clock. They like they definitely work still. That's what I did. Um okay, so you've got red lights going, um elevating your body temperature at night. So I would take a nice hot shower. Um you can take a bath if you have a bathtub. I did not in China, and so we would just take a nice hot shower. Red lights are on. Like you're starting to feel the ambiance of this like bedtime routine, right? When I would get in the shower, I put my AC on in the bedroom at about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. There's a range, 60 to 67, depends on how hot your body runs. 65 was perfect for me. But yes, I had to spend the time to test it. Yeah, so you gotta find what works for you. So hot shower, your body's warm, you're coming into a chilly room and then you can opt into what's called a weighted blanket. Weighted, like body weight. And I don't know what they put in it, rice, beans, I don't know, but it's a super heavy blanket that has the same effect. Have you ever seen Jason, like the, um, like the vests for kids who struggle with, um, attention deficit or, um, even autism. Like there's something very comforting about having something weighing heavy on your body. So I think mine was like, for my body weight, it was like 15 kilos, but there's a size for every body weight. And that, It's like sleeping in like a warm hug. It was wonderful. I had to sleep alone and everyone was on board. You got to get everyone on board. If that impacts people in your world, like my husband, he was like, what? And I'm like, I have to, I'm so sorry. Um, But he's like, okay. Right. And then when I started to like wake up refreshed and my mood started to elevate and my energy was higher, he's like, whatever you need to do, baby, like you do whatever you need to do. Okay. Give yourself plenty of time in bed. So I knew in the beginning, I needed about 10 hours actually in bed just to get eight or nine hours of sleep in. Um, and there are some things that you can do to help some substances. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds illegal, but um, melatonin, let's talk melatonin for a second. Melatonin is actually, um, it's a chemical. It's not natural. People, melatonin is touted as a natural supplement, but it's not, it's chemical. And there are some natural forms of melatonin. You could look that up, but most melatonin, what it does is when you supplement something that your body should already be producing, it tells your body to further shut down. Well, I guess I don't need it. I don't need to produce it. So watch melatonin. You can. There's a lot of other natural options. Instead, I'm an aromatherapist, so we use a lot of essential oils, right? You want to get really high quality essential oils. Organic is not enough because in the Um, essential oil industry, it's not regulated, right? We're not regulated by the FDA. We're not regulated because we're natural. So here's the law. You can have an essential oil bottle and it says 100% pure therapeutic grade essential oil on the label. As long as there's 3% of the pure stuff, they can fill 97% whatever with junk. So this whole thing is discussing, right, how to live more naturally and go back to that natural lifestyle. So Be careful with what your essential oils have on the inside because the the average customer just doesn't know. Here's how you can tell. Let's say it's a peppermint oil or a lavender oil. Both of those plants are actually ingestible. You can ingest lavender, right? Lavender tea, um, great great remedy for before bed. If you have a bottle that says 100% pure and you turn it over and it says, do not ingest, right, like not for internal use, not for use with pregnant women, that's a red flag. Okay, because properly tested and pure essential oils can actually be ingested. Okay. Um, For sleep, you can use the reflexology points on your feet. Actually, the big toe is related in Chinese medicine, related to your brain and your head. And so, if you're an overthinker, you want to put a little bit of lavender on the bottom of your big toe. Vetiver is a root, it's the top oil used for um, overactivity, over energy, overthinking. I love it on the base of my. My neck, um, also on the bottom of my feet and my spine, it's wonderful. There's Roman chamomile. There's a couple of blends that are formulated for stress or anxiety or more grounding or better sleep. So look into that as a natural way if you're wanting some substance to help you. CBD is also amazing. Just ensure that high quality standard, right? Because again, it's unregulated. So a drop or two under your tongue before bed is fantastic. And then medication, you know, we didn't talk about this but there was a season when i went on i went on antidepressant medication because it was helping calm my brain down enough to sleep okay and i went to a sleep clinic because i was desperate and i said i'm doing all of this stuff but it's hard and i want for a season a bridge to help me get some sleep so that i can focus on this and i was on that medication for i think about Eight weeks. It's about eight weeks, um, and it's not magic, right? It doesn't knock you out. It's not, you know, it's not a sleep drug, but um, it's something that you could consider. It's for me and my clients. I never recommend it as a long-term solution because I believe when when your input into your body is is correct for your body, your body can heal itself. Like our bodies are actually wired to heal. It's us not putting the time and the energy and the effort in to give our bodies what they need to heal. Yeah. We're the one staying up too late. Your body is crying for you to go to bed. Yeah. We're the one that's up. We're the one drinking the alcohol when our livers are like, stop it. You know, we're the one eating the junk food when our body has to metabolize all of those chemicals and those toxins. So when you give your body the right building blocks to heal, it is thrilled right it's so happy to bring itself back into homeostasis or back into balance it is wired for health right sometimes we can think that our body is fighting against us it's not your body is fighting for you and it's wired to heal itself okay so those are all of the crazy things i did now now everyone listening is like oh i can't do that just do what you can right remember i was desperate And so I was willing to do whatever it took, whatever it cost to get my life back. And I now go to sleep, 8.30 and I keep waking up before my alarm and I'm like mad about it. I'm like, ah, why? I like wake up happy before my alarm. This morning I woke up at 4.59. My alarm wasn't set for seven. It's a Saturday, right? I was like, go, stop it. I just want to sleep. Nope. And my body's like, you're good. Get up, start the day. Right? So it's possible. I wanna encourage you that it's totally possible. But you have a big part to play in it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm being entirely honest, I don't think really anything you did there was that crazy. Or the other thing, I don't know if I can pull off, not because of me. You know, I don't live by myself. I got my fiance. So um trying to do the hot shower to the uh sixty five, do you say? 60, 67? Okay, yeah, okay. So I thought you said. Now that would be amazing for me. I love cold because I'm all about just snuggling into a blanket, and I have a weighted blanket. Yes. So I, so you said that I was like, oh. yeah, it's it's just like getting a big hug. It is. Um, but yeah, no that that makes perfect sense. Th- these things are not that far out. The one that surprised me was the antidepressant medications that well, I wasn't expecting. Um,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't usually, it's usually a last resort because if someone's not super bad, then this usually helps fix the, the challenges. Um, so I would, I would recommend it with the mindset of it's a bridge. It's a bridge, not a long-term solution. It's a bridge so that you have the energy and the mind to go and do something that's hard. Because a lot of these things, if you're just living an average life, doing your average things, a lot of these are, are rather radical, right? Jason, you're, you're already on your journey. You're already doing things. You already got the weighted blanket. But when I talk with, with coaching clients, this seems radical for a lot of them. What do we usually do? We usually veg out and then we pop into bed. We scroll for however long until our, our, our eyes start burning. <laughs> then we put the phone down and then wonder why we can't go to sleep. After having a cup of coffee after bed or having that chocolate cake or, you know, like that's just normal. But it doesn't have to be if it's not working for you. If that's working for you, fantastic. It's not working for you. If sleep is elusive, there's a lot that you can do that don't cost
2: you anything. um, Love it. To get there. Love it.
0: It's interesting because after I changed all my, my whole lifestyle up, I used to be able to drink coffee and still Mm -hmm. fall asleep. No, like it didn't matter. I could have coffee at 7 p.m. and be in bed by yeah. by like 7:15. Um, but yeah. I realized the reason why that was just because my body was so incredibly exhausted from all the lack yeah. of sleep and all the things I was doing wrong to it, that I didn't realize it until going on this journey. I was like, "Wow. So if I have a cup of coffee now, past well, now I know it's even earlier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you gonna okay. be like, "Oh, that
0: alley. <laughs> Every time I go to have a sip of coffee, I'm like, "Oh, why did I let her reach out to me?" <laughs> but it's so good to know because I wondered at certain times if I had it like at 3 p.m. why it was still affecting me later on in the day, and it, it's good to know that it has such a long shelf life
2: on uh, it. along. Yeah, I
0: had no clue. I'm sure the majority of the listeners here didn't realize it either. And I know for all yeah. the people I have reached, like connected to, with me and everything, they're very similar to me in the sense that we all love our coffee because a lot of them are my friends, family, associated with friends and family. Um, so just fascinating to me.
2: Well, let me tell you about yeah. coffee.
1: My husband, so I went on decaf. And decaf is not good for you um, because of the way it's processed. So it's chemical, but it's my... It's my lesser of two evils. So I have a cup of decaf every morning and we ran out of caffeinated coffee. My husband was having caffeinated coffee. And so we switched to decaf and he suffered, right? When you when you quit, you suffer. That is unmistakable. He suffered for about a week. And he said to me in the car last night, his family was here, we were dropping them at the airport. And he goes, I'm so grateful to be off of caffeine. He's like, I just, I just feel lighter. And like, I'm not waking up going, oh, I need my coffee. You know, and it's like, yeah, like you do like the least I was so addicted and I didn't like my reliance on something else to make me feel good in the morning i don't I didn't like that power that it had over me, and so I quit cold turkey because the other thing that was happening is when at that ten hour mark, now my adrenals are my adrenals are sensitive, and so at that ten hour mark, which happened to be Almost exactly when my girls would get home, I would turn into an animal. I had zero emotional regulation. It's like withdraw symptoms hit and I was a beast. And I was like, "I my children do not deserve to have a mom when they come home that can't manage the insanity. I chose the insanity. I I need to clean this up for them. And so now I have this sustained energy all day without these dips that, that felt, it felt like I couldn't control it. It's like my body would take over and I didn't like feeling out of control like that. And so it's worth it for me, but the decaf because of the, um, because of the sitting and having a cup of coffee with my husband in the morning is like how we connect. We just, it, um, it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's still not great for you because of the chemicals in it.
0: Oh, that's fair. I like it. And Unfortunately, I have like a lesser of two evils type thing. Not quite the same thing, but so my fiance, I connect over oh, the cheesiest reality TV shows. Um, oh, God. You pick a horrible one besides like The Bachelors. Thank God she doesn't watch that. Um, sorry <laughs> if any listeners here are lovers of The Bachelor, not my jam. Um, but like she, she is all about, we, we officially have Jersey's. Um, which is thursday um okay yeah she's hardcore into jersey shore um (laughs) okay (laughs) below deck all that stuff so but that's like a way for us to connect it's one of those things where as much as i don't want to watch tv late at night she also gets home around 7 p.m ish so that's her way to unwind I was like all right as long as we're not watching it in the bedroom i can come down for like an hour or two and and watch it with you. Cause I would rather just sit upstairs with, with a lamp on and uh, read a book personally.
2: That's right. That's but, right. No, say,
0: you have- you're
1: not going to be alone in that. You know, you're not going to be like your listeners are also going to be in a partnership where there's discrepancy in how you want to unwind, how you unwind. And you guys are fiances and
2: you're, you have a little one on the yeah, way.
0: Just uh, uh, like a month. What day is they? Say? Less than a month, December 23rd.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I've known my husband for 20 years. We've been married for,
2: ooh, Uh-oh. I don't know, 15 or 16 so we'll of cut them. this out. <laughs> like, <laughs> <we> don't, <know. laughs> don't worry about cutting it out. He would do the exact same thing. No worries.
1: Um, and I mean, I can say to him, listen, I need, I, I need my own bed. Because it's 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 enough for it's it's important enough for me that I need this so that I can bring a hundred percent of me. Oh, well, that's a bee. Hello, B. Um, so that I can bring one hundred and ten percent of of what I bring to the table. So if that's what you need, need, then don't be afraid. Because don't be afraid to ask for it. Because my husband is now coming along on the journey. Like with the decap, I would have never thought he'd be. Of like willing to do the decaf and you, every one of us has the opportunity to be a change maker, even in our own homes by cleaning up some of these healthy habits that are are becoming important to us. Yeah. So we have a rule in our house that there's no series. We can watch a movie, but there's no series because Ron and I both have addictive personalities. And so I know if we start a series, all these good, healthy life habits, right we are not the oh, we'll watch one and go to bed people We're like, "Oh my gosh, it's four in the morning. How do we do that people that's who we are, and so we just don't, but we'll watch a movie, yeah, so every every couple, every dynamic you got to figure out what works for you. We have four children, right your sleep is about to get seriously messed up for a season, right because a newborn it just is it is what it is, yeah um. But go ahead. You're gonna no, fight
0: no, me no. on that. I'm gonna say I'm actually oddly enough I'm getting very prepared because my dog is a neurotic mess in the AM. Like people are like, oh, you you got your good sleep now, but wait till it goes away. I'm like, listen, you think I'm getting all this great sleep? My dog gets up at like 1 a.m. for no reason one day, 3 a.m. the next. Like 2 a.m. I get real right. mad when she gets up at 3 a.m. because it's too close to when I get up. So I'm just up at that point. Oh, that,
2: brutal. And your liver's awake. So oh, that's a double whammy.
0: So that's why I was like, <laughs> I'm already fairly prepared as in terms of the sleep being thrown off, but everything else, yeah. Poo. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm doing.
1: Well, and, and it's a season, right? And so when baby's sleeping through the night, you get your night back. And then you know now, right, how to get back into the rhythm. And, you know, it's, yeah. I've really, I've actually really enjoyed talking about this again because it's been a long time since I've done this, right? So it's been how many years now? We've been in Mexico for two and a half, probably four and a half, five years since I did this. And then in different seasons, there's been different renditions or scaling this down. Um, But once you know what your body needs, then you have these guidelines where you can really get back in control of your wellness. And just by doing the things that we talked about, cleaning up your diet a bit, drinking tons of water, um, smart supplementation, moving a little bit more, like none of it has to be drastic. It's just really tapping into that blue zone way of living, that healthy way of living. And unfortunately, when you live like this, you're kind of a little weird in today's society. Like when I tell my people that I'm in bed at eight, people are like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I don't mess around with it. I don't. Like if you want to go to the bar and have a drink with me, we're going for comida, which is three (laughs) o'clock. And I live in Mexico, which is fantastic, right? And we're we're out of there by six so that I can wind down. And the people who love me and want to spend time with me, they understand. They're good people, right? And so some of this, like especially when you're starting on a healthy lifestyle, I don't know if you've noticed this, Jason, but um, when you start, you begin to shed some of the people in your world who are not on board. And that shedding process can hurt, but it's better, it's, it's best in the long run for you, for the life that you're trying to create. I
0: have kind of know some friends kind of fell off to the wayside at this point because um, they're initially excited for you, but then once they see you're actually doing it, they're not as excited. It's like, well, why? Yes. I feel like, I know I used to be this person, Like, I was always in support of my friends, but at the same time, I'm like, well, why can't I get there? You put yourself in this negative cycle. And so, but I found like a new tribe of people now that I'm changing my whole lifestyle up. And it's such a fantastic journey. Um, Well,
1: and you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. You're the sum of how they think, how they act, their bank accounts, right? Their wellness routines. And so, yeah, if you look at the five people you're closest to, you're probably having a lot of similar lifestyle. You probably work very similarly. This is me back in my early entrepreneur days, grinding, dying, killing myself. Everyone was doing it. So it was totally normal, (laughs) right? My bank accounts reflected their bank accounts. I mean, everything is a reflection. And so, yeah, when you're making this quantum leap to the next version of you, you are going to need people that can support you through it, who are a little bit further down the journey, right? So that you don't feel like the weird one in, your, in the room anymore. You're like, oh, all these people do this. Okay.
0: okay. Yep, absolutely. It's so funny, because that's like the same recurring advice um, that I get, which you, you always hear about, but until you're ready to actually implement things, you don't really fully grasp why it's so important, so critical to have those people who are already ahead of you. Because you can't move forward if you're staying at the same level with people around you, you got to have people who ha- have that experience that can help mentor you and bring you along because you don't know what you yeah. don't know. Yeah. That's, my, that's one of my favorite phrases. You don't know what you don't know.
2: There's
1: a there's a Mexican parable about a bunch of crabs in a bucket. And all the crabs are perfectly fine until one starts to climb out of the bucket. And then what do you think the other crabs do?
0: Well, they start to climb out. Oh, no, I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they start to pull that crab that wants to get out down back in the bucket with them. We could just sit there on that for a second and be like, oh, my gosh, that's this person in my life and this person and this person and this person, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, but but all of this is hard. All of this hurts at some level, which is why people don't opt in for change because there is a loss. There is a physical and emotional loss that comes with leveling up your life and leveling up your friends and leveling up your circle, it hurts. And so if you're in that spot where it's hurting, guys, it's like, keep going, right? Find some, find other people where, where you don't feel like the odd one in the room anymore, right? And with online communities, oh my gosh, it's so easy.
0: If yeah, you look I it. feel like, so I'm a weird, weird guy. Like, I probably military, I'm very easily emotionally unattached things. So I think it's easier for me than the, the average person just because of my life experiences. So if I have to cut somebody out of my life, I'm just very, almost heartless about it. I'm like, yeah, no, bye. See you, don't you? Know, yeah.
2: Okay.
0: And, but yeah. That's not like, how I work. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's very, it's like a double-edged sword for me because yes, it's very helpful when I know when to cut somebody out, but then sometimes you cut somebody out that maybe you should should have cut out that time like maybe mm. maybe you're too quick to cut that person out of your life because you weren't seeing the value. I've, I've come across that in my life too. I'm like, ooh, like that, that, that was yeah. a mistake. But hey, you know what? Life is all about learning. So it is what it is. But yeah. I do want to be conscious of your time here. I love to... Oh, oh we're at an hour. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I,
1: told you, I thought you said you had all the Definitely, I
2: mean, <laughs> I
0: do, but... <laughs> Everyone stops listening. Yeah, like, oh, okay. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, but we're not sitting <laughs> here for five hours. We don't have that kind of time. Um, <laughs> on a complete side note, it's interesting to me how certain mm. podcasters, um, Chris Willex, Chris Williamson, does like three-hour mm. podcasts on average, and it's all amazing information. But I can't listen to one entire episode no matter how amazing it is because it's three hours
1: exactly you got to come back it's like an audiobook mm-hmm. right you just come back to where you were mm-hmm.
0: I, I would love to just find out what his his uh listener retention rate is in ter- in, in terms of like how they how, what point do they drop off of the episode that'd be so fascinating i should that reach is. out to him
1: well it obviously <laughs> must it must not be if all of his shows are like that then he must have a following of people who want that sort of a podcast. So
0: correct. I mean it's it's got it's working for him. He brings amazing information. So that's that's another thing is he wow. um he does a great job with that. And very, very thorough. I forgot he's a former reality show guy too, which is so interesting. Um I wanna say like Love Island or something. Okay. If, if you for whatever reason listen to this, please don't don't burn me here if uh if <laughs> If I got this show wrong, but...
2: <laughs> Him and the app.
0: Right? <laughs> but no, it's just this interesting side note or at least interesting to me. Um, but what I love to do, I love to end my podcast on a couple questions. And one of my favorite ones is this question here. If you could have any superpower, what would your superpower be?
2: Easy. Teleportation. Why? Easy, because I hate <laughs> travel time. a okay, waste the time.
1: Can you imagine if I was like, oh, yeah, it's 10.18 for me. I've got a meeting at 10.20.
0: Yep. Done. You don't have to get up early for work. Yeah. I mean, I oh, wake right. up early anyways, but like, you always, even if you're up early, you still feel like you got to rush to get to work if you're not working from home. Um, I don't work from home, unfortunately. So I do, I do have to like, oh, I rush hour traffic. I know. Why <laughs>
1: I'm sitting at, I'm sitting at, this is my desk. You're watching me at my desk right now. I sit at the dining room table. Just for that
0: taunt, I'm going to go have a cup of coffee. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I got to, I got to work from home when I was working at HR and that was, uh, it ruined my whole lifestyle at that point because it's so amazing. Um, But I love. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Teleportation. Hands down. Time saver i don't like wasting time.
0: That's one of my favorite ones. Um, that's what I say every time yeah. too, just for the travel purposes. You don't have to spend any money go to Paris. Like, hey, you want oh. you want to go on a romantic oh. date right now? Let's go.
1: I would go back to Shenzhen for my favorite dumplings. <laughs> bring them back for the family. See there, yes. exactly.
0: Get all the all the go wherever you need to in the world. Get all the fresh, perfect ingredients. Uh, but I love that question. Um, another question that I like to ask: What is the Best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, that was a loaded question.
2: Ooh, I've received a lot of advice and a lot of mentoring. I think the best piece
1: of advice I've ever received is to think about life in seasons. So when my kids were little, I had a lot of little kids that were very young, and I had a friend tell me that, to try to savor the season because the season, it wasn't always going to be like that. And I didn't understand what she meant um, at the time. I I got it, but I didn't understand the gravity of what she meant. Um, But now my kids are bigger and it's a way different season. They need me way less. I have way more freedom. I can build my businesses. I can do more things. Um, When seasons are hard, We're tempted to think that it's going to be hard forever. It's just a season. And on the other coin of that, when things are really good, we're tempted to think that things are going to be really good forever. But that could just be a season too. And so when I think about my life in seasons, it helps me to, to really savor and value the good and the bad in each particular season because I know it's going to change. Change is the only thing that's that's promised on a day to day basis, and so seasons help me, yeah, really, really focus on the present and not get too hung up when things are bad because they're going to be good again.
0: I love that. That has got to be one of my most favorite answers because it's beautiful. Um, yeah. I had all words of that one. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'm going to write that down and. Keep that mm. quote in mind when things get difficult, as you said, they're going to get difficult, especially with me having that's a baby. Right. It's, it's not right. going to get easier for me. Uh.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I think back to those seasons of little babies and they're so hard, but I would do it again in a heartbeat to just go back and be able to savor yeah. it because I wanted it to go faster. And now I've got five years left with my oldest and that's it. And all I want is time to slow down.
0: The one commodity we don't have any excess of, time. Mm -hmm. Time. Let me ask you the counter of this one. What's the worst advice you've ever received?
2: Hustle till you die.
1: (laughs) Um, There's a lot of business culture about, you know, in the beginning,
2: how does an airplane get off the runway? Brute force, right? And my runway was too long and i died and the airplane
1: got off the ground but i was left on the ground dying so um yeah i i wish that i had gotten out of that hustle until you die mentality because the underlying message was hustling was worth it and it cost me my health and it cost me my ability to parent for about two years, things were really hard. Um, and I wish someone had said, knock, knock, there's a different way to do it. Um, and so while, yes, if you're building a business, if things are busy, if you're in a hard career, yeah, sure. But work and success are not, are they're nothing? I was going to say they're not anything. They're nothing if you forfeit your health and relationships
0: over them. Absolutely. No, I agree. I, I got similar advice. One of my least favorite pieces of advice I ever received was fake it till you make it. I hate that. I hate that phrase so much. And I don't even like using the term hate, but in this case, I hate it. Because you're not doing yourself any service if you're just trying to fake it, fake where you you have to be your authentic self. And you're not gonna get the knowledge you need by faking through things. And I think that's no. still this huge prevalent thing aside where people show you, hey, or give you that advice, like fake it till you make it. You're gonna, You got this. It's like, no, no. Not authentic.
1: Nor is it sustainable. hmm
0: Agreed. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. Again, sales and marketing career was learned that you can't just live that hustle culture and you can't fake it till you make it because you just start to break down mentally, physically, emotionally. Um,
1: so. Yeah. What you should be working on in that season is building your skill set so you don't have to fake it.
0: Correct. Which thankfully I did, but I didn't realize I was doing that until, until after I left sales and market. I was like, oh, like, okay. So I did get some information.
2: Oh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: But I have one more question.
2: Hit it. All right. What is your favorite quote? I know, another loaded one. <laughs> the
1: one that sustains me most is actually a biblical verse, and it's "Do not fear,
2: for I am with you." Interesting. And that when I'm stepping out of my comfort zone,
1: when I'm going for the next quantum leap, it's happening right now. Actually, um, every step out of that comfort zone, fear—it's like right here, and. It's comforting to know, no matter what your beliefs are, it's comforting to know that you're not alone, you know? And there are people in my world physically that even that quote, of course, it's about faith and whatever, but that quote reminds me that I'm not alone in the human sense either. There's always people that have my back and there's people that when I'm struggling, I can always reach out to because this we're not designed to do this alone. You know, we're not designed to be walking this path alone. It's why there was this fabulous book and it was written by an end of life um, nurse. Have you ever heard of this book? She interviewed people about their biggest regrets on their deathbed, like literally. Have you ever, anyway, it's worth-
0: I definitely, send me if you can find the name of the book, send it to me offline, because I'll definitely take a look. I'm an avid reader.
1: Yeah, it's- um, some of the things that I remember from the book were the, some of the biggest regrets were living their lives based on what other people expected of them. Right. And the other one was spending too much time focusing on career. And I'm very career driven. And that's what got me in this mess in the first place is this, this drive to do big things, right. To move people's lives forward, to move my life forward, right? To make this future for my children and their, their legacy. Um, but I could have done it differently had I had the right people around me that were where I wanted to be in terms of balance and in terms of health and in terms of business. And it took me about a decade to find that community. Um, but all throughout that, being reminded that I'm not alone, that there's other people who feel the same way I do. We're experiencing what I'm experiencing who know what it feels like to whatever, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, right? I know what it feels like, Jason, to be starting this health journey, right? I know what that feels like, right? Which is why I can speak to where you are at the moment, right? Just like where I wanna be, I'm now in the room. I have found the room with the people that are gonna help take me to the next level, right? Because we're never alone. You just might have to be a little bit creative in how and, find, how and where you find those people.
0: That's fair. I'm a big believer in that you're where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be at every moment. You might want to be somewhere else but you're in this whatever the whatever's going on in your life at that moment, there's a reason you're there. You just have to figure out why and then you'll get to the next next phase whenever it's meant to happen. Um I, when you're ready. Correct, exactly when when you're
2: ready for it. I think I'm not
0: I, I believe like things much bigger than us out there. And I'm not very mystical, spiritual person. I'm getting more into it now as I'm starting to understand things and interviewing more, more interesting podcast guests. Um, this has been very, very uh, fruitful and fulfilling for me. But I, I have a firm belief the universe will give back what you put out in it and it's it's going to put you in the places mm. you need to be at those time frames that you're supposed to be in them. So even if you're going through a bad time right now, understand that there's a reason why you're there and that when you weather that storm, yeah. you're going to be so much better for it.
1: Well, and I also believe that there's no wasted tear and no wasted experience. The only way that works though is if you're willing to share your experiences and to the the empathy that we that we develop through all of these different experiences can help us better connect with people, better guide people, better lead people, better coach people. Like before I had a daughter with a special heart, I had sympathy for medical families. I didn't have empathy. I couldn't talk to a medical mom in the same way. I could listen to her. I had no way to pour into her life.
2: Now I do. Right. Before I had an autoimmune, I only had what it was what not sympathy, empathy,
1: no sympathy, sympathy for people who were chronically sick, but not empathy. When you experience a shared experience and you have empathy, that's when you can touch someone's heart and make a real
2: impact in their world.
0: Absolutely. See, wrap those up. You're still dropping nuggets. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My kids are walking around now. They're all like, like, tiptoeing <laughs>
0: around. <laughs> awesome. Hey,
2: you haven't heard a single one, don't have you? I think so. No, we'll,
0: fu- we'll, we'll find tip-toeing. out behind the when, when I go back to check the audio here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, yeah, I had an absolute pleasure here um, interviewing you and just discussing sleep and life and everything. It's been amazing. I'm so glad that you reached out. So fun. Whatever. I'm in like seven different Facebook communities for podcasting. So um, I just, I love the fact that we were able to connect and I'm sure this is, is going to just be so relevant to so many people on this podcast, um, so many listeners. So, so I loved it. And I definitely want to discuss other topics in the future here. So you, okay. you go ahead offline, send me some things that you enjoy talking about. Cause I, my big thing is I want to talk to people about the things they're passionate about. It doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that they're... Of course. ...that, that they're directly involved in. Um, and I think it's a common misconception when people post in those groups. I was like, hey, I want to know what your passion is. doesn't necessarily mean what you're doing for your career. Um, but of course, they tie in together. Awesome. But with that, I'm... With, just like to say thank you again. This is, again, so much fun. I'm so grateful that you came on here, that we had this time. Um, we, we went over like we thought we would, so.
1: <laughs> we figured, we figured, but I hope it was useful. And like, I hope that your listeners feel encouraged, right? Like whatever change you feel like you need to make, you're feeling led to make to become more of you, more authentically you, healthier. Um, I just hope that you feel encouraged, that you can take the first step.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again.
1: Thanks, Jason.